1: You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it.
0: Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Does, does today's show matter? That was the conversation all week long. Did that game matter? A lot of people saying, no, it doesn't matter. Everything's cool. Does today's show not matter then? No, every show matters Okay Right? I agree I'm just saying Like I don't know Like Why what, what show... matters What doesn't matter Because If If What's we're the... talking about a game That didn't really matter Does the show matter? You know? Yes That's what I want to know The show matters Okay Just asking questions Just uh You know Putting stuff out there I agree with you I agree uh, the University of Kansas Jayhawks are Big 12 champions. Regardless of what happened on Saturday, Homefield Apparel is celebrating with all new apparel for KU alumni and fans of all ages. Head to homefieldapparel.com or the Homefield Apparel app to purchase these limited edition Kansas apparel offerings, including new t shirts, ringers, crewnecks, hoodies, joggers, and more. They are selling out, so you want to get them fast. It's perfect as we get into. March Madness, you're going to want to be rocking something fly, something new for the NCAA tournament. Make new memories and new gear. You know, you know, you might have some of your lucky t-shirt that you want to wear on game day, but what about the day after? If they win the game, you want to wear something cool that everybody's like, oh man, where did you get that? Home field apparel. And use code ROCKCHOCK23 with a capital R, capital C. ROCKCHOCK23 for 15% off. Items are available for limited time only and will sell out. That's 15% off with code ROCKCHOCK23. So, uh, anything anything happened this weekend? Uh, I mean, we uh, saw... Was, uh, the weather was nice. Weather was nice. Good what time, KU woman yeah. destroyed TCU. They did. Got a big win. Um, that pretty
2: much solidifies them in the tournament, I think.
0: Yeah. I think that's the only KU news over the week. Oh, no, no. Uh, uh, KU football. KU football landed a four-star recruit. Hey, I don't know if you saw, but they... Both commits for the 2024
2: class for Kansas would have been their best commits of any time under Lance. Yeah. So their top two commits from 2020, their first two commits, I should say, would be their top two best commits. And Andre Gibson, who they landed over the weekend, best commits since Devin Neal.
0: He's the number 19 corner, top 250 nationally on 24-7 sports. Yeah, they're, they're starting to load up. I mean, what a bowl season will do for you. That 2024 class looks really good right now. Now, there's a lot of work to be done because you still got to, a- Keep the commitments of those players, but yeah. especially like when you look at the secondary, which already looks like it's going to be pretty good this next season with with your top three corners coming back and all those safeties. You added the McGee kid from LSU who's going to be a future player for you. Uh you had some good high school commits come into the secondary this year. Now you have Gibson coming in for like the secondary seems to be in very good hands in the coming seasons for Lance Leipold and KU. Yes. So that's that's a really good sign. Yes. And like you said, just overall recruiting class good. Okay, so uh that's it. That's, that's all it. that happened this weekend right. with KU. Show's done. That's it. Nothing else. We're I done. guess uh softball and baseball had some, some action. Baseball's getting ready to come back home for the first time. They have it's not a full series, but it's one home game this Wednesday. Nothing else. Yeah, their
2: first home game of the season. Yeah.
0: So that's exciting. It's supposed to rain. Now. Anything else? Anything else happen? No? Mm, not off the top of my head, no. Uh oh. I just got oh. a, a text message. Somebody said that KU apparently lost oh. in basketball. What? Texas, I didn't know that. Hmm.
2: Okay. I u- I used the uh, Men in Black thing on the game. You know what I'm talking about? What's that thing called? <laughs> the,
0: I know exactly. Is it have a thing called? I, don't know. I like wanted to call light? it a bleeper, it's like a, a flasher. Yeah. It's like, it looks like a pen. You flash it and it erases your memory. Bang. Yep. That would be nice because that wouldn't was it, that was nice? ugly. Well, for that specific moment, I don't I don't know if you could like. What if you accidentally did it and you, like, erased the wrong thing? You accidentally erased KU winning the title last year? Yes. And you'd be, like, miserable. (laughs) But then again, would that actually make it fun? Because then you could go and rewatch games and you would, like, you would have no idea what happened. Oh,
2: that's a good point.
0: You just keep... Because people go back and watch old games all the time. But, like, you keep rewatching the second half of KU North Carolina. You keep blanking yourself, you know? And then (laughs) going back, like, I don't know. There might be something fun to that. (laughs) Um... Anyway, <laughs> Ku, that was that was an ugly one. So the game it was bad again. Didn't matter. It didn't affect the Big Twelve standings. I I I did not go to the degree of. I know some people were like, ah, this game means absolutely nothing. Like I I get that it, it means nothing for Big means Twelve nothing, play, but it's like right. I'm I'm like kind like, of in the middle. Well, it's like Bill Self said. It's like. You play, to, you play to win yes, the game. exactly. You play to win the game. Yeah, and, and that's where I kind of get lost with the idea that it means absolutely nothing. Like, if you're on the scale of it means everything versus it means absolutely nothing, I am somewhere in between. I I, I admit that, yes, this does not change the fact that they're going to be a one seed. doesn't change the fact that they won the Big 12 outright. doesn't change the fact that they're a really good team. But I think it also shows some of their shortcomings. You know, late in the season, you don't like yeah. to lose by 16 in your regular season finale. But, like... I I guess this is what... Think about every single one of Kansas' losses. Yeah. They've literally all been blowouts, I think. Every every single
2: one except for K-State.
0: I had uh, Mike Colton, who a former RCST trivia contestant, reach out to me on Twitter, and he was kind of talking to me about this over the weekend. So I I think it's kind of a good discussion. He was kind of asking, like, is it worrisome that KU's lost all... Like, uh, do other national champions... Have other national champions had this many losses by this many points? Or is this kind of an indicator that if you, like, obviously we've seen national champions lose games, but do they lose by this much? Well, if we go back to last year's Kansas team, they lost by 18 to Kentucky, they lost by 10 to Baylor, and they lost by 10 to TCU in the last week of the season, but that TCU Kansas game was was not as close as 10 points. That was like a, you kind of got boat raced in that game, and then you, you came back a little bit late. So you had three double-digit losses. You also lost the game by eight. That team went on to win the title. Um, I think... In this current iteration of college basketball, where there's not like that elite team this year, it's less concerning to me. I, I I guess this goes two ways. One, you could just say clearly the floor of this team is a lot lower than other Kansas teams and other, lower than a, other elite teams around the country. But like also, like Alabama lost by a billion to Oklahoma, say, I don't think that's you know true. we've seen Alabama get blown out. Baylor's yeah, I just, been blown I just mean out like two times. past years, right? Because this year, yeah, that is how it is, right? Yes. So I don't know I don't know what to do with it. I guess is my point because this year feels like such a different year and also with the way that the college game has changed. Like maybe it's just harder nowadays to have one of those teams that goes 30 and 2 in a power conference. And also there's a lot more parity. There's a lot Yeah, you know, well, I mean, it's... keep in mind if we're saying this is the toughest conference season that a conference has ever had then it makes sense that if you don't show up for a game or two right you lose by a lot of points right so that that's all there now i will say back to the line of like it did matter a little bit this isn't as simple to say kansas rested their starters and they clearly didn't care about the game and no like we heard from dewan harris we heard from bill self leading up to the game they were both taking it very seriously they both very much wanted to win yes so you cannot just go into this and say once the game ends Ah, we never cared from the get-go, right? Because you clearly <laughs> did. You you said you did the week leading up. So that's why it's a little bit concerning to me that you clearly did care going into the game, but you did so many things that are shortcomings. But again, end of the day... Everything in front of you, big picture, you're more than fine. If you offered up the opportunity to like, any other team in the country except for maybe like Houston and, and maybe Alabama, hey, you can lose by 16 in your regular season finale on the road against a really good Texas team who played a really good game and played unbelievable defense, uh, but you're going to be the Big 12 regular season outright champions, and you're going to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. You know how many schools around the country take that? Every single one except for Alabama and Houston. So, big picture, you're fine. But, yeah, there were some things that were concerning. It was back to Jalen Wilson being a one-man show. Grady Dick uh, struggled to, you know, kind of get out of the rut that he was in from the previous game. The bench gave you nothing again. So, I I guess there's a little bit reasons on both ends to be worried or to not be.
1: I
2: haven't watched every single Texas game this season, but I have to believe that that game was... One of their best, if not their best game. They were they were phenomenal. They played really, really, really well, and this game could have been a lot worse for Kansas. Texas missed a lot of open shots early in the game. A lot of open shots early in the game, and that allowed KU to hang around to the point where I kind of got suckered in, and I was thinking Kansas can come back and win this game, right? Like if they turn it around the second half a little bit, and they they kind of tried to, but it was just too little, too late, because in the first half is in the first half especially, I kept looking at the scoreboard expecting to be down sixteen. And KU was down, like, 8 or 10. And I thought, okay, they're right in this game. They got a chance. But they just couldn't, they just couldn't turn it on. It was a little too late. Uh, and in the second half especially, I thought, it felt like every time Kansas scored, it required some sort of Herculean effort or, like, some big-time play from Jalen or from somebody. And then Texas would go out and score, and they would make it look a lot easier. And that was a sign to me that I kind of knew, okay, maybe Kansas is not going to come back in this game. But, yeah, I, uh, I probably am more on the scale of, to go back to what you were alluding to, of whether it matters or not. I was going into it, I was probably more favoring towards it does matter than not mattering. Because you don't want to, and I'm sure Bill Self was the same way, like, you, you don't want that to be your attitude going into any game. Like, I don't care what the game is. You don't want to, you don't want your, to go to your players and be like, hey guys, hey, by the way, this game doesn't matter. It's all good. Right. If you don't want to play, that's cool. Whatever. Sure. Fine. Like, obviously, you you don't want that to be your message, especially late in the season when from here on out, it's basically win or go home, essentially. So, yeah, I was a little concerned, and and Grady struggled again. Uh, I don't really know why he wouldn't shoot the ball. He just seemed really afraid to shoot the ball. Now, listen, Texas was sprinting at him every time he caught it. They were sprinting directly at him every time he caught it on the perimeter. But like, dude, you're six eight. You have a high release. You can shoot over anybody. Yeah. Like, just shoot. So I don't. I didn't really love that. I think that was a sign of may, maybe a, a lack, a, a little bit more of a lack of confidence or something there. But that was a bit frustrating to see, which he did eventually kind of get it going on the second half. I think he hit a couple threes, right? Two threes? You hope
0: those two that came late in the second half, kind of on back to back possessions. Yeah. That so. gets him going again. Also,
2: were you aware of uh the shooting streak that Jalen was on heading into the Texas game? I was not. That it was like he the was opposite like o of, o of Ernest 19. today. Yeah. Yeah, he's like over nineteen from his la uh for his last nineteen from three. So that that was a bit rough.
0: Yeah. I guess you so, figured it out though. He yeah. shot well from three.
2: Yeah, so you you look at the blueprint for KU's losses and a lot of it is, a lot of their losses are, nobody else is really able to contribute or create anything. And so then Jalen feels like he has to be the only guy to do anything. That's kind of been the pattern for KU losing games, has been that when, when Dewan is not creating off the dribble and not attacking the rim, when KJ is struggling, when Grady's not hitting threes, when Kevin is not really that effective either, Jalen just basically decides it's time for me to take over. Mm-hmm. And you can't really blame him, right? Like, you can't really blame him when he does that because, listen, if nobody's going to, somebody has to shoot, right. right? You got five guys on the floor, somebody's got to shoot. If Grady's not going to shoot, if Dewan can't drive and he, I mean, he threw up a couple high shots off the glass, but they weren't, it
0: wasn't working. No, he right? went two of 12. Tough yeah, thing. it wasn't, it wasn't yep.
2: working. So when that happens, like, I'm not going to blame Jalen for just saying, hey, I'll go score. Give me the ball. I'll go shoot and score because he he's been able to do that time and time again this season. So I don't know. I'm a little worried about Grady because I think if Kansas wants to even come close to winning a national championship, Grady has to be pretty on. Yeah, I mean in that, they're they're in the tournament.
0: I've talked about this several times here. They're shooting 32 from three uh, since February. Yeah. Uh, he's he's and, the the easiest solution to that.
2: Yeah, and I I, I mean I think. Grady needs to be a 15 point per game guy in the NCAA tournament for Kansas yeah. to go to the national title.
0: Well, so I have I have splits on Grady Dick and Dewan Harris in wins versus losses. Both of them are stark. With Grady, it's everything. With Dewan, it's just the scoring. Let me start with Dewan. In wins, Dewan Harris is averaging 10.1 points per game on 52% from the floor. That's pretty good. Now, in wins and losses, the difference for him—he's still averaging two two steals. He's still averaging in losses, it's five point eight assists, and wins it's six point four. So that's really not big of a difference. Uh, I guess in losses, two point eight turnovers, and wins one point six. But the biggest difference is just the scoring. So ten point one points that, per game in wins.
2: That's the thing about this game against Texas was it wasn't about turnovers. It wasn't no. about rebounding. In fact. Kansas out-rebounded Texas on the offensive glass.
0: No, and I, I will give credit. Texas did a phenomenal job defensively. It was a great yep. game plan. They were guarding like guys said, I, very well. I
2: haven't watched every game that Texas played this season, but that has to be, I think, one of their best, if yeah. not the best, defensive performances
0: they've had. Just look at the first game they played against Kansas. But anyway, so in losses, Dewan Harris, remember what I said, 10 points per game in wins, 52% from the floor. In losses, Dewan Harris, 2.3 points per game, 17% from the floor. That's that's bad. That is an insane difference. <laughs> that's 34%. 17% dude. So that's crazy. <laughs> that's and then for Brady Dick, it's not as not as different as that, but like overall, you can just see whether it's not being as engaged, not whatever. In wins, he's averaging 15 points per game. In losses, it's 11.3. In wins, he's shooting 46% from the floor. In losses, it's 36%. In wins, Grady's shooting 43% from three. In losses, it's 28.6. In wins, Grady's averaging 5.2 rebounds per game. In losses, it's 3.7. In wins, he's averaging 1.8 assists and 1.5 steals. In losses, it's 0.8 and 1.2. Like, every number across the board is just down. So, whereas Dewan the wins the losses, it's just the huge difference in the yeah. offensive aggressiveness and the efficiency. With Grady, it's just like everything. And I think with DeWan, you have enough trust that you're going to get more good than bad than during the NCAA tournament. With yeah. Grady, you don't know, not that he's not uber talented and that he can't take over a game, but just because he's a freshman in the NCAA tournament, and that is a little scary.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But I do think from a big picture standpoint, it's kind of fine for a couple reasons. Number one, I don't think anyone is going to hold it against Kansas that they lost on the road against Texas. No. Nobody. OK, so, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to use the phrase good loss, but it's not going to get held against Kansas, really, that they lost on the road. against. How Texas.
0: much better would you feel, though, if Kansas would have just lost by like eight? Mm-hmm. I think I'd feel a lot better. Really?
1: I
2: if,
0: think if, if it was same. just you, a game where Texas just played out of their mind on senior day, you didn't have the motivation, you hung in there, but you still lost. I would have a completely different outlook on this. Really? Yes. I
2: would feel pretty much the same.
0: Probably. Mm. Honestly. By the way, uh, for Grady, I will say one thing that he has done well is when he's had like a bad stretch, he's been able to shake it off. He had eight points at Oklahoma. He followed it up with 26 against Oklahoma State. He had nine against Kansas State at home, then seven at Iowa State in back-to-back games. Then he scored 21 against Texas in the first meeting. He had eight against TCU. Next game, he put up 24 against Baylor. He had eight against OU in the first meeting. Next game, he had 21 against Iowa State. He had eight against Oklahoma State, then just 11 against Tech, but then he had 16 at West Virginia on four for... Six from three-point range. Um, so he's been able to bounce back from from tough games. I would expect that to be the case in the Big 12 tournament.
2: The only other thing is, and I guess we can maybe ask Graham Dorn about this when he when he joins the show, is the only thing with this loss is now if Houston just runs through the AAC and wins the AAC conference title, does that mean they're the number one overall seed over Kansas?
0: It's, I mean, a, it's a tough ca- question.
2: i assuming Kansas, do- like, let's say Kansas gets to like the Big Twelve semifinal or the, even the championship game, but they don't win it, and, Air- and I think Houston so. just blows everybody out in the AC- AAC and they win. It's Houston the number one overall seed at that point. So I think they, I they feel are. like Bama's got to be out now, right? Unless yeah, they win the SEC championship. I don't know. Tournament? I th- I think Bama could get ahead of Houston too, but I mean, what we haven't considered is what if what if they all just win the conference tournaments? What if Kansas wins the Big right. Twelve, Alabama wins the SEC, Houston wins the American? I think Purdue in that situation the
0: Houston drops to the third one seed. But we'll we'll talk to Graham Doran about that. It's certainly interesting. And I think it's it's less so even about does Kansas get the number one overall? It's more about do they just jump Houston. Now that might mean you have to get the number one overall to jump Houston, but I who think knows.
2: It probably will mean it you might, have to get the yeah. number one overall. But what if Unless Alabama Bama and Kansas win. are
0: both in front? It's just the reason you need to be in front of Houston is because they're the team that's your threat to the Midwest. If Alabama's in front of you, they're just gonna take the South. So it's not that big of a deal. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, uh, bench officially stinks now. I mean, we we had back-to-back games. We were like, we're worried about it. But now that it's three straight games, it's official again, right? The bench stinks again? You think so? Uh, Are you willing to put the stamp on it? I am. Here's the last three games from the bench. 71 minutes played, 16 points on 6 of 18 from the floor, six rebounds, one assist to six turnovers. If that were one player, <laughs> if that were one player, they would be averaging... About 24 minutes per game with 5.3 points per game on 33% shooting with two rebounds per game and six times as many assists as turnovers. You tell me, does that sound good? No, that sounds pretty bad. Yeah, it does. That sounds pretty bad. So it, it feels I like, have faith that they could mm. maybe do
2: something <laughs> that's not negative. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is, that a, is that a ringing endorsement? Uh, no, not at all. I have faith that they could. Maybe, potentially, possibly not screw up that much. <laughs> I, uh,
0: I I think it's official. You're just not going to get anything from the bench guards come March. I still have confidence I Ernest can't wait is going to gonna roll be in good here. as a backup center. I but. can't
2: wait to roll in here when, in the Sweet 16, Joe just scores 22 on 5 of 7 from 3.
0: Huh. We'll it's gonna, see. It's going to happen. I, I, I guess we've seen enough there that the potential of one game in the tournament and happening is possible. <laughs> I'm just not going to bank on it. And if it does happen in one game, it surely is not going to happen in a second because we have seen nothing to make us think that, that that's kind of going to be the case. So yeah. I think what this does is, like I said, look around college basketball teams. Are, I mean, shoot, just look at all the teams that lost over the weekend. Uh, I, I think this puts more pressure though on the Big 12 tournament for you to perform right. If you do lose in the Big eh. 12 quarterfinal, you don't think that becomes oh no, they've now lost two straight games, well, and the two games before that they barely won over well, let me eight ask and nine this, seed.
2: Is Kansas locked into a one seed, no matter what? I think so. Okay, then that's that's fine. But listen, the Midwest region is great and all, but I I, I, just I know, don't but really you, care that. You have that to acknowledge, much.
0: right, that that you want them.
2: You obviously want to. Be you want them better. playing good ball <laughs> yeah, headed into the <laughs> yeah. NCAA you don't want to tournament. just be sucking it up right. right before the tournament, but
0: yeah. So, like from that <laughs> standpoint, I think just to make you feel better, you need them to at least win the quarterfinal game and. Probably the semifinal game, just to make it feel like they're on a roll again. I mean, I feel
2: feel okay right now. But But If they just roll into the quarterfinal and get blasted by, like, West Virginia or whoever whoever the hell they're going to play, then yeah.
0: I think there's even a scenario where if they win a close game in the Big 12 quarterfinal by closer than you would expect, and then you lose in the semifinal, at that point, because right now it's three straight games where you have not performed up to par. If, if you do that, that would be five straight games that you have not performed up to par headed into the NCAA tournament. Wait. That's worrisome. <sighs> okay. Sure. I just, I don't know. We'll see. So fine. there's just more pressure. But if you win the Big 12 tournament. it's fine. You win the Big 12 tournament. Everything. Nobody cares about the Texas game. It's fine. Never been more fine. Ever. <laughs> Ringing endorsement. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN and KLWN.com. Grim Doran is going to join us at 440 to talk a little more bracketology, where things sit for KU. we got Case of the Mondays at 4 o'clock. we got some KU basketball audio in the 5 o'clock hour here on the show. So the Big 12 Awards came out yesterday, and uh, Jalen Wilson wins Big 12 Player of the Year. Unanimous. Dewan Harris wins defensive player of the year. Not unanimous. Which I'm I'm curious if if all the votes were Dewan or Kevin, do you think? Maybe.
2: Oh, I guess that's true. I don't know. I, I hadn't considered that. Um So well, then would it technically be unanimous if it was all for the same team?
0: No, it wouldn't not? at that point. Oh, cuz it's unanimous for the player.
2: Okay, fine. I mean, I guess, sure.
0: Bill Self did not win Big 12 coach of the year.
2: Yeah, I want to I want to we're, we're going to circle back to that one.
0: Okay. If you don't mind um let's see what else uh grady dick did not win freshman of the year but i think over I the, think after the was, last two games yeah i don't, I don't think, think there's much outrage there yeah as far as uh the like all big 12 first you, team and K. stuff K.
2: adams most improved player
0: oh yeah yeah, that's right kj gets most improved yep. yep uh all big 12 first team jalen all big 12 second team grady all big 12 third team kevin mcculler all big 12 honorable mention kj and dewan then all big 12 defensive team you have mcculler and dewan harris all Big Twelve newcomer team, Grady Dick. All Big Twelve freshman team, Grady Dick. Okay, question. Mm-hmm.
2: Hypothetically, Kevin Akolert came from Texas Tech. So why does that eliminate him from being on the newcomer team?
0: <laughs> He's a newcomer <laughs> to Kansas, is he not? That's a good point. Does that does it work that but, way? That, I, I'm,
2: this is I don't. I'm shocked that no one is asking the tough questions. Like what? Like what? I, is it? <laughs> I mean it's. I understand he's not a newcomer to the conference. Right. He's on a new team, though. A
0: newcomer to his team. He's on yeah. a new
2: team. So how oh, are we defining a good point.
0: newcomer? Um, I don't know. That's actually, like I said, that's Brett. a good point. You have me stumped. Brett! <laughs> Need to get you on the line here, bud. What are we doing?
2: <laughs> I'm going to send Brett your own marketing email. Don't worry.
0: Okay, good. Just uh, let me know who responds first, him or the New York mayor.
2: Oh, it's going to be him, easily.
0: Because the New York mayor will never respond. Okay. You should try to loop them in together. Then maybe they're more likely. <laughs> they met each None other. Them he, gave him, it, right? he gave them the jersey. Yeah. They clearly know each other. All you got to do is hope one of them sees it. And then the other texts the other like, hey, one of us should respond to this. Um, so <laughs> I guess where do you want to start here? I think player of the year, very fitting. It was Jalen Wilson, even though yeah. we heard some of that scuttlebutt that maybe it could be like Marquise Noel. Yeah. Uh, defensive player of the year. Honestly, I would have given it to Kevin. Yeah, but I don't have I mean, a problem with it going to one
2: I think the argument for Kevin is that at the position he plays, he had to guard a lot more variety of different types of players. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, at his position, at the wing position, he had to guard guys that could shoot threes, guys that could drive, guys that could He, you know, he was doing a lot more. He's uh, Versatility-wise. Right. Whereas, obviously, DeWan is so great on a guard, and he's got great hands, and he can get cost so many steals, and he's a disruptor. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with Dewan winning it. Kevin, I think, was certainly worthy of it. But I'm, I'm fine with it either way.
0: Yeah, like you said, it, it's kind of splitting hairs for me because I, I do think that um, Dewan Harris certainly deserves it. I just I, I agree. Like when I think back to all the big defensive plays at the end of games. Now I know DeJuan did so many over the course of games. Yeah. but like it was mostly Kevin. Kevin, because did,
2: you know with with his defense, he did single
0: handedly win like three games. Couple games, yeah, like like the TCU game, the Oklahoma, the Oklahoma State game. State game. Uh, there's, there's there's another, another one. one. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I I just thought because of the versatility, he would wind up on there. I also think it's funny that you can take this two ways. Kevin McCuller ended up on the Naismith. Semi-finalist award list Yeah Dewan Harris did not Well and also I was going to Bring up the fact that Dewan Harris Was an honorable mention guy
2: Yeah <laughs> Didn't even make one of the teams Yeah that was my biggest and yet, gripe he, And yet He continues to be Recognized at least Within People that pay attention to Kansas As The most impactful Player on the floor Basically mm-hmm. With what he does In terms of running the offense In terms of not turning the ball over And He can't even whiff Third team
0: Yeah no, it's, it's it's. I mean, it that doesn't just goes to show
2: you that that these awards are very, very, very much stat driven.
0: Yes, a hundred percent. But what's weird, if you compare the stats of, for instance, Dewan Harris versus um, Kevin McCuller, it's not like Kevin had like this insane stat season, and Kevin ended up third team All Big Twelve. I would just say this: if I I get it, like these are how the awards go. It is like you said, stat driven, and I think more even beyond that, it's points per game driven. Yeah. Right. I think if you were doing a draft
2: I mean if, if Dewan averaged three more points per game than he does right now, he would be regarded as the greatest right, point guard right.
0: in the entire country easily. Do you think if you were doing a draft of all the big twelve teams, Dewan Harris is clearly going to be a top fifteen pick. Yes. Probably going to be top five or top ten, right? Yes.
2: I I think if you're if you're a coach who pays attention to what he brings to Kansas, yes.
0: Yeah. And like you could argue he's KU's most valuable player. I mean, but I mean,
2: I'm sure there's some coaches out there that would take like Marcus Carr instead, or Mike Miles instead. Sure. But,
0: but if you're, if you, okay, let me ask you I, this. I think, let me ask I, you. This. I
2: guess the other, I guess the other problem with DeWan is like he's so impactful, but depending on the players you put around him, could either increase or decrease his how good he is significantly.
0: Yeah. But it also opens up the types of players you can kind of put around him. Yes. I I think he should have deserved to to be on there. That was my biggest gripe. Um, I, mean, how, I mean, well, how often do you get a guy who is defensive player of the year and not even right. making third team? Right. You basically acknowledge that he is the best defender <laughs> defender in the conference, but you he's not a top league. 15 player. Wasn't he, oh,
2: no, it wasn't unanimous. No, I think no, no, he no.
0: was number one in assists per game, too, or I don't know if Noel ended up passing him. Um, so, I mean, you know, great facilitator, great point guard, uh, super important player to the team that won the league, and he's the best defensive player, and he doesn't make it on there. Uh, I did think it was funny though. I, I, for whatever reason, Kevin McCuller like does not it, going back to the defensive player of the year. He does not get the love of the Big 12 coaches because he was a Naismith Defensive Player of the Year finalist last year or semifinalist last year. He didn't even get All Big 12 Defensive Team last year. <laughs> so I'm glad that he got it this year. But yeah, didn't get Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Dewan Harris is he going to be a multi-time Defensive Player of the Year winner? Could very well easily be yes. Now easily. there wasn't a ton of like Musa Cisse was the one, but he got injured. Usually, if there's like a really good shot-blocking center, they just default they, to that yeah, guy. That's true, yeah. So maybe in, in next year or the year after, it'll be one of those. Maybe it'll be like an earnest two day. Who earnest. Knows? Yeah. Uh, but I know you want to talk about the Coach of the Year award going to Drum Tang. Okay. Listen,
2: here's the deal. Jerome Tang wins Coach of the Year. I want to be very clear about this. I don't have any problem with that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He was a worthy, in any year, I think he is a worthy
0: Coach of the Year. Okay, okay you say that, but it sounds like you're about to tell in us why you year, do have a problem. <laughs>
2: <laughs> in his first year with a team that was picked to finish like I don't know what ninth in the conference or whatever eighth in the conference, yeah, or they picked ninth to or last. tenth. I don't. It yeah, was it last. I don't it know. Yeah, right, right near the bottom. And they go second, you know, and then they 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 have a good year. So you know, congrats, congrats, drum tank, good job. Here, here's what I will say. And the reason I'm not that mad about it is because Kansas lost to Texas. Because I I will pose this to you: if KU beats Texas on the road. Does Bill Self win coach of the year at that point?
0: That's an interesting question. I think that if they would have beat Texas on the road, he without a doubt should have. I I that's would agree. I, right now I, I would lean toward Bill Self winning it to begin with, but if he does that, I think it should have been hands down. But here's the problem. How many coaches do you think actually submitted their ballot late Saturday night versus just doing it like on Thursday or Friday?
2: I I, I don't know. Okay, but here cuz here's the deal. Let's just let's just hypothetically play this one out. Kansas wins at Texas. What's been the narrative around the Big 12 for the last four months? Oh, this is the greatest conference ever. Oh, the Big 12 is the best conference in the country. Oh, the Big 12 is the best conference in the last 20 years. (laughs) Okay, that's the narrative, right? And you go. And you win that conference, the best conference possibly ever, by three games. Three. Three games. And you weren't even picked to win it in the preseason either. You have to win it. You have to win Coach of the Year. I don't give a damn what Jerome Tang did.
0: I agree that okay? he should, but I also think back to uh, 2019-20 when Kansas broke the record for most wins in a Big 12 season with 17. They won the league by two games over Baylor, and Scott Drew won it over Bill Self. And that that didn't make sense to me.
2: This, would have, this, this whole conversation would have gone much differently if KU had won against Texas, and Jerome Tang still won Big 12 Coach of the Year.
0: Yeah. It's like, dude,
2: how do you win the best conference ever by three games and not win it? How?
0: No, it's, it's I, I think it's a so fair. I'm, point. I'm
2: actually. I'm glad. I'm glad that T- Kansas lost because you're right. <laughs> <So> Jerome, <laughs> Tang, Jerome Tang. would have was probably going to win it regardless, and now I don't have to blow a blood vessel.
0: Well, there we go. It, it wins. So I'm forever, actually very bro.
2: happy. I. But yes, I, because I was prepared. I was prepared. <laughs> To be very upset. But I'm not that upset because Jerome Tang does deserve it. He's had, K-State's had a great year. A, a, a great, a fantastic mm-hmm. year by their standards, right? Yeah. I mean, if they were picked to finish last or ninth or whatever, or tenth, I don't know.
0: I do think Bill Self has a better chance to win national coach of the year. Like you say, it's almost like Kevin McCuller. He can win national <laughs> defensive player of the year but not be it in his <laughs> conference uh, than, than Jerome Tang might have. Um, I do think it's interesting, too, because a lot of times the coach of the year just boils down to like we we it's as we as humans are just bad at predicting things.
2: Yes, you know yeah, like who the most.
0: If you go fifty five percent against the spread, you're making a bunch of money from Vegas. That's fifty five percent. As humans, if we can go fifty five percent, we're happy with it. So we're just bad at predictions, which. That's always rubbed me the wrong way of the idea of hey we think this team's going to be bad and they're not so I guess it just means the coach did a great job. How do we know that it's not the players just yeah, got a lot how better? How don't know it's not the fact job, that
2: they right? that K State got brought in a guy who was an All SEC SEC Player of the Year caliber player right who had a you know a very unfortunate circumstance and is getting a second chance at his career at K State but the guy was literally all All SEC SEC caliber player at K at. Florida. So you knew he was going to be good.
0: Yeah. And that's a part of this, too, that makes it more difficult. The fact that when when Keontae Johnson decided to go to Kansas State, people thought like there were a lot of people thinking he wasn't even going to play. He had a big insurance policy out that if he didn't play, he made like, you know, four million dollars or something. And then it was the question of if he does play, is he going to even be any good? Well, turns out. He's still the same guy who won SEC Player of the Year. Yes. If you would have said before the season that Keontae Johnson would be SEC Player of the Year, you would have gone, oh, well, yeah, K-State will be like, I, maybe you wouldn't have thought they'd finish you but know, and get the two-seed. But they would be seed, but, better. Or the a lot three better seed. than yeah. what people thought. Exactly, exactly. And then you look at it, and they get two players on the All-Big 12 first team. They're the only team to do that. Yeah. So this isn't a case of some coach just like, oh, well, he had no talent. Taking, he found a, a, taking right? a team of with guys with no thumbs and, right. and having, them win, right. <laughs> having them win twelve right. games. Like, and they had the, the same amount of players on the first and second team combined as Baylor, Kansas, TCU, and more than any other team in the Big 12. So, like, and I get it. You say, well, what about the depth? Uh, he had a better bench than Kansas probably had. I don't know. Kansas bench was not very good. Um, Naquan Tomlin, like Bill Self has said multiple times, he's a future NBA prospect. So, I would have given it to Bill Self. But again, I do agree, Jerome Tank did a very good job. It's just funny how we kind of look at that award sometimes. And he's not
2: undeserving of the award. Correct, correct. And yes, I would be a thousand times more outraged if Kansas had beaten Texas. Yeah. But instead, I'm taking the high road. (laughs) I am totally fine with it. Everything's cool. Everything's fine.
0: We're good. (laughs) He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. Tough getting out of bed this morning after your weekend-long bender?
2: I gotta get out of here. I think I'm gonna lose it.
0: Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the mundus. <laughs> Instead of focusing on Monday, it's time to rehash the glory days of the weekend that was. Right now on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. You're freaking me out, man. I got a massive headache. Okay, let's just calm down. How oh, does it calm down? Look around you.
1: With Derek Johnson. When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, "Sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays"? No. No, man
0: time for your case of the mondays here on your monday march 6th here on rcst but first if you're looking for the perfect destination for your next social or corporate gathering venue 1235 has you covered located right off i-70 just five minutes from downtown lawrence venue 1235 is a large climate controlled event space with a catering kitchen private suite and a covered patio all right let's get into it another edition uh, case of the mondays here on rcst first up Jameis winston your baby boy yeah, I do
2: like Jameis Winston. Tough day for Jameis, though. Mm. Tough day for Jameis lovers.
0: Derek Carr is signing in New Orleans.
2: Which is just dumb. Really dumb. Just so I mean, Really, really stupid. Hey, Jameis Winston, Chiefs backup? That would be interesting. Now I've gotten you back. I would love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm all in on that. I'd much rather have Jameis Winston than Phillip Rivers. <laughs> yeah, dude, give me a break. Um, yeah, I don't understand the Derek Carr signing New Orleans thing at all. New Orleans sucks. They don't have any good young players.
0: Like what, Chris Olave? You've named one player. Well, g- good young players are just good players. Good young players. Yeah, Chris Alave, Um That's the thing. They're an older team, and they're kind of cap strapped. Yeah. So I don't understand this move at all. Like, you, if you're Derek Carr, go to the Bucks.
2: Go to the go to the Falcons. Go
0: to I don't know anybody else. I think the Falcons want Lamar Jackson. <clears throat> they might get him. Yeah, they might. I'd have to pay him a billion dollars. But hey, see, it you also see the makes size sense. Of
2: Derek Carr's contract.
0: He's like 150 mil. Yeah, a lot. Four years, 150 mil. Hey, for all intents and purposes, it's basically a two-year. I think like 60 million dollar deal or something like that. Um, he is maybe the second best quarterback though in the NFC. Good job. Jalen Hurts is probably number one, right? Good job. You're the second smartest person in a room full of idiots. <laughs> but somebody has to play for the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's like he has a real chance now. He, he does. No. The Saints are not Super Bowl contenders with Derek Carr. Not even close. Well, he's the second best quarterback in the NFC. That doesn't mean you're a Super Bowl contender. It sort of does. No. I disagree. I, I disagree with you disagree. <laughs> if you have the second best player in your conference at the most important position in sports. No. It's not like, like their defense has been good. No. Chris Olave gonna catch no. twelve hundred pa- or twelve hundred yards. Michael Thomas comeback. No. Alan Kamara after he gets out of jail. Because you oh, have the uh, you <laughs> have the Eagles. You have the Cowboys. Even
2: like the Giants, mm-hmm. better than them. No. And then you have, and then you have the Rams, who hypothetically you expect to be not bad mm. this
0: year. Give the Niners. <laughs> Marine endorsement there. Okay. Yeah, no. Absolutely not. But hey, I'm just saying, you get into a playoff game. Brock Purdy versus Derek Carr. Huh? Maybe. <laughs> John Morant. John Morant is feeling a case of the Mondays. He's had a lot of stuff go yeah, off go wild. wrong off the off the court. He had the the alleged story of him getting into like Trying a fight, fight with a seventeen year old. Um now there's a video of him at like a strip club like waving his gun around. This yeah. is a
2: problem. Tough weekend for him.
0: Yeah. This is one of the best talents in the NBA. He's unbelievably fun to watch with his lack of regard for you know physical contact as he just heads into the lane and just is willing to throw down these ridiculous dunks and, and layups. Uh, he He's unbelievable. He's so athletic. He's still fun to watch. And, and this is unfortunate. It's a young guy. He still has plenty of time to, to figure stuff out, but yeah. you don't want to see him go down a road that leads to you know something bad happening or him getting suspended by the uh by the NBA like it's just Yeah, I, sucks. I think
2: overall it's this is sort of a good scenario in the sense that he's is going to have some time off to try to work things out and make sure that he that he does get back sort of to a position where he can be one of the top 5 players in the NBA. Right? So I think this is maybe a good situation for him to have that opportunity before it does get to a point where there could be more serious suspensions or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tough.
0: Yeah, very tough. Um, so yeah, that's not great for him, not great for the Grizzlies. Uh Oakland, the city, is on Case of the Mondays.
2: I feel like they could be on this case of the Mondays every single
0: Monday. Yeah, probably. Uh so Las Vegas made their official pitch to the A's to move them. I feel like it's it's just gonna happen regardless. Okay. But are they gonna have their own stadium? We're not gonna, so. It's
2: not going to be 2.0 where they play in the football stadium or vice
0: versa. Oh, gosh. That would actually be pretty hilarious. Like, <laughs> we want you to move here, but we want you to You're play in the play football it. stadium.
2: You're going to play the football now,
0: stadium. No, I would assume that this is under the guise that they would build them a stadium. They would definitely build them. I mean, it's Vegas. It's Vegas. They got the money for it. You would think, I don't know, man. Stadiums aren't cheap. No, that is factually correct. Stadiums <laughs> are not cheap. Um, but you can't like, just build a stadium. But if you're if you're courting a team, you would think that they have a plan. Yes. Right. It'd be like if you were you know you're you're talking to a girl, you're dating a girl, and, and you're like, yeah, okay. yeah, but I don't want to buy you a, an engagement ring. Why don't we just go find something on eBay for cheap? You know, like that would be the equivalent of them saying, No, we're not building you a stadium. Uh, I don't, wait, what? I don't I don't follow that metaphor. They're just. You you don't you don't court a team to move cities and be like yeah but we're not building a stadium. I think the better I think
2: the better metaphor for what you're saying would be like if you let's say you're like a long distance relationship and then she's like oh well how about I and you're like oh well how about you you know move to where I live you know Mm -hmm. and then she's like yeah that's a good idea and then you're like well you're gonna move into a separate place from where I live sure
0: why wouldn't we (laughs) there there, there's the better metaphor okay there you go whatever works but yeah I mean. (laughs) After you get courted by Las Vegas And they probably put out like all the You know great Stops that they could to, to make this thing Go well like yeah. good luck how do you counter That if you're Oakland I, I don't know I don't know the stadium's old It's breaking down The fans are passionate though all, They are All 2,000 of them that go yeah. to the Oakland A's games yeah they, they don't get good Attendance but yeah you're <laughs> all right the ones that go they are Pretty passionate <laughs> um, yeah, all, all 700 of them yeah they're, they're gonna move to Las Vegas it's happening Hundred percent happening. All right. Case of the Mondays for me, for you. Yeah, I. Uh, well, a couple of reasons. I walked through my screen door yesterday. That what? was not fun. Like, like yeah, opening it. Yeah, so like, <laughs> uh, you know, you have the sliding glass door. Yes. and ba- We have that in the back, and then yes. we have like the screen door behind it. Yes. I was like going out and grilling, and I closed the screen door on my way in. Okay. Left the regular door open. Sure. But Sharon, it's a nice day. Yeah, exactly. And as I went back to go check on the stuff that I was cooking okay. on the grill. Yep. I like turned around and made a quick corner into my into the area. And by this point it was past the sun being down. So it was like kind of dark out. Okay. To where I just I, I forgot it was even there. And I just walked into it. Did you walk through it? I didn't walk all the way through it. It sort of caught me, but I broke it, and then I caught myself, and yeah, that was not fun. Uh, also, I am four years older than Killian Mbappe, and I'm just walking through screens, and he just set the PSG scoring record at 24 years old.
2: That's pretty impressive.
0: That's rough for me. That is. That's pretty I'm impressive. washed. I'm washed. You're not washed. Yeah, I disagree. At least
2: in soccer, you'd be washed, yeah.
0: I was never good at soccer, so I can't... You can't ever be washed if you were never good at begin. I didn't actually play with.
2: soccer when I was a kid. Did we have this discussion? Did I have this discussion with you where it's like, soccer is the universal sport that all five-year-olds play, but yeah. then it's like not very popular? Yeah. I mean, it's more popular now, certainly, but you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. the fifth most popular
0: sport in the U.S. That's actually a good point. Like Every five-year-old plays soccer. Exactly. Literally Why everyone, is it not more popular? Literally everyone plays soccer when they're little kids. Right. Everyone. Uh, Case of the Mondays for apartment complexes. You have new competition out there. <laughs> you can now live on a cruise ship for thirty thousand dollars per year. You could not pay me to live on a cruise ship. I would never do that. Ever. Do you like you, you don't no. like cruises in general?
2: No, you I wouldn't don't even like the go water. on just like a one week cruise? No, you never, just don't I've like never, water. I've never been on a cruise. I don't
0: really want mm. no. to go on a cruise. No. I don't want to so go on a cruise. No. I'm trying to think thirty thousand a year, that's like twenty five hundred a month. I mean Pretty expensive. The the money is not the issue. The issue is that I just wouldn't do it. Okay, but also you got to figure if you're on a cruise for 12, like you're getting all the food. I'm not doing it. So it's not just paying for rent. You're getting like free food. So I I don't don't know. It might be a good deal. I'm not doing it. And you can always like, you're going to have people visiting you being like, oh, I'll do a vacation and come see you. I'm not living on a boat. No. But that'd be so. I mean, if you've uh, you've never been on a cruise, as you said, but like those rooms (laughs) are so small and the showers are so small, that'd be brutal. And how do you. You know, you bring like shampoo and stuff onto the cruise. What happens when you run out? Yeah, you can't go to the grocery store.
2: See, there's so many. You off? There are so many flaws in this. So many.
0: Never doing it. Hmm. Sorry, I'm I'm not a water guy. Well, water it guy. uh. They're launching a three year, 130,000 mile escape your daily life cruise for relatively affordable $30,000 per person. Oh, yeah, relatively affordable. Oh, this yeah, is nice. MV Gemini sets sail from Istanbul on November 1st. Yeah. You have eight months to your passport, vaccinations, and remote working abilities. So people are going to go on this and work remotely. That's literally the dumbest That's thing insane. ever. That's so stupid. The company is promising to tick off 375 ports around the world, including visiting 135 countries and seven continents. ship will cover Are over 130,000 miles over three years. I don't know. Well, that's the seventh continent. I guess. Taking uh, iconic sights from Rio de Janeiro's Christ the Redeemer statue and in India's Taj-, Taj Mahal to Mexico's Chichen Itza, the Pyramids of Giza, Machu Picchu, the Great Wall of China, it even slots in trips to 103 tropical islands. 208 of the stops will be overnight just, stays, giving just, you extra time in the destination. I just could not care
2: less, and I would never do this.
0: There's 400 cabins, room for up to 1,074 passengers. That would certainly First be for this. Thing, Like, what if you got a what if you got a, a a neighbor that sucks? Yeah, you're stuck with him for a full year
2: on a boat. You can't even get away from the guy. Think about that. You can't even
0: escape him. The company promises full-scale business center complete with meeting rooms, 14 offices, a business library, and a lounge, no. presumably for your mid-shift coffee breaks. Access no. is free. No. There will be round-the-clock hospital with free medical visits.
2: This is this is.
0: The company also floats the possibility of additional tax benefits when working as an international resident. This is just sad. No. Dude, this sounds pretty good. I'm going to knock yourself out. After this segment, I'm going to go talk to our engineer and our boss and see if I can do the show remote from a cruise for the next year.
2: Knock yourself out. Okay. I'm going to happily keep my feet planted on solid ground
0: and I'm going to be enjoying my life. Right right. now. Case of the Mondays Ohio State and Akron fans who claim LeBron James. LeBron obviously didn't go to college. Uh, there's like five or six different schools who claim him as like, oh, he would have come here or whatever. The The majority of those are Ohio State and Akron because he's from Ohio. And I think he's at times made comments. that Yeah, that's that'd be where I go. But like, you know, yeah, that, not how it works out. Uh, here's what he tweeted the other day. Just woke up from having a dream that MJ, MJ and I was shooting back and forth at the men's national championship game between North Carolina and Duke. Great vibes and epic classic game. It was a tie. uh, 94-94. Five seconds left. North Carolina with the ball. My ass would wake up to use the bathroom right before seeing the end of the game. Happens all the time. Never get to the end. Anyway, (laughs) felt real as hell. LOL. Good morning, everyone. Um, (laughs) First of all, just... What? (laughs) What What is this tweet? I just go back to that opinion column. We we all should know less about each other. Yeah, lots of problems here. Uh, One... I don't know The whole syntax there Two uh, Why is uh, College basketball game 94-94
2: Also Three They played in different eras Yeah They play together uh, Four So just from a realistic Logical standpoint It's not possible
0: Yeah Wait, I, What were you going to say <laughs> I uh, I guess this means He's officially a Duke guy Does that mean that his son Is going to commit to Duke Bronny no, because Still I thought Bronny signed an,
2: an endorsement deal with a different... Did he? Somebody that's not Nike. Aren't they Nike? Yeah, Duke is. Yeah.
0: Didn't he sign an endorsement deal with somebody else? I don't know. You might be thinking of Mikey Williams, who signed like an endorsement deal with Puma. Oh. And he's going to like Memphis. Oh. Um. I don't but know. yeah, I mean, you can't claim him anymore. Clearly, he just said, in my wildest dreams, I went to Duke. True. Yeah. That's proof. Yeah. That sucks, Akron. In Ohio State. <laughs> Poor Akron. Case of the Mondays, you don't need a three here, guys. Dude, did you see this? This is wild.
2: So Cal Poly playing UC Riverside. Overtime. Let me set the stage for you. Mm-hmm. It's overtime.
0: Cal Poly's horrible, by the way.
2: They are there is four and a half seconds left in overtime. Cal Poly is down by three with 4.5 seconds left. They inbound the ball. The guy runs down the court. Link to the court. He goes up. He lays it in. Bang! Bucket! To lose 73 72 as time expires.
0: (laughs) The the, the color guy was like, good, good, yeah. (laughs) Somebody, Somebody
2: told him, hey, hey, you don't need a three here. You got time?
0: You got time to score and foul? Yeah, you're gonna hear that so much over the course of the end of things here. I uh, my favorite. I was going back and watching some like classic March Madness moments, and the uh, R.J. Hunter one from Georgia State when they they beat Baylor and he hits that like deep three to, yeah. to win the game. Um, and and he his dad falls off the chair. I was re-watching that highlight, and so Baylor's up to there's I don't know 15 seconds or so, some, 20 seconds I don't know, and they're shooting a one and one and they like miss, so that allows Georgia State to get the ball and go and. Um, the the color guy is like, they need to go downhill, and they're, they're like not like driving. He's like, he's like saying they should get a two. He's like, what are they doing? And then literally half a second later, Ron or uh, R J Hunter fires the three, and he okay. knocks it in. So great, so great. Yeah, you don't need a three here, guys. Already off to a bad start in March, and yep. it's only gonna get worse, I think. Okay, this one, Tony Pollard's fantasy value is having a case of the Mondays. He just got franchise tagged today. So, so does that mean they're going to trade him? I don't think so. I think they just want him. So I So they're just going to have yes, Franchise Tech, Tony Pollard, and $20 million Zeke. Yep. I think they're just waiting out the Zeke contract to end. <laughs> but it sucks for Pollard's fantasy value. I mean, he, he's a really good running back. I think yes. if he was like the primary running back, he could be like a top five fantasy running back in the he's, NFL. Yes. But he's going to have to share time again behind Zeke and get all the touchdowns, Volts. Hey, Zeke sucks. Last one. Twitter is having a case of the Mondays. Yeah, this morning it literally stopped working. Anybody, you can't get much more of a case of the Mondays than literally not working. Anybody who tweeted out like images or, or links, links to anything couldn't didn't work. You'd like click on the link, it would pop up like an error. Yeah,
2: from like 10 a.m. this morning until like 11, so like for a good that's an hour in turn of the morning.
0: It's Twitter, weird because not working. With the amount of people that Twitter has, like, let go and fired and with Elon Musk taking over. Yeah, you'd think over, they would have no problem. Yeah, you'd think there'd be no issues I at all. think they'd be perfectly fine. Very yeah, uh, Yeah, yeah. All right, he's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Graham Doran's going to join the show in less than 20 minutes. A little college basketball talk next. This is RCST. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We're having some uh, phone issues back at the station here. So, trying to get Graham Doran on the line. I think it's all on uh, our end here, but I think we do have Graham officially on the line now. So, uh, that time here on a Monday, we get ready for the final week of the, I guess, I don't know. This is technically postseason, regular season, whatever you want to call it. And uh, we're joined now by Graham Doran, which you can check him out on Twitter. At Graham Doran, D O E R E N. You can also find his bracketology, Graham Doran bracketology. Graham, thanks again for uh, hopping on today. So over the weekend, Kansas falls to Texas, but Alabama also loses. Meanwhile, Houston wins. i uh, You have Kansas as the number one overall, you have them in the Midwest. So I guess, where where do things sit right now? How difficult of an evaluation is it between where those three schools are? Like, How far is the gap between any of those three for the top overall seed? Uh,
1: It's it's very close. And I think uh, what the committee chooses to do is truly a question mark. Uh, Knowing what happened at the bracket reveal just a few weeks ago, uh, they decided to go with Alabama 1, Houston 2, Purdue three and Kansas four. Clearly, Kansas is above Purdue. I don't think anybody would question that. Uh, but I spent a long time this weekend, actually, Thursday through Sunday, working with the 2023 Mock Selection Committee with some of the more well-known bracketologists uh, across the country. And we had opinions all over the place. Uh, there were people that thought Kansas should be number one overall. There were people that thought Kansas should be number three overall. So I think uh, really any order, uh, would make sense at this point. Uh, I, I wonder if Alabama having that road win against Houston will keep a bit of a buffer uh, between those two. Uh, it's at the point where you could definitely say Houston has won enough games. They're number one in the country in the the AP poll, the coaches poll, and all of the efficiency metrics. You could certainly make the argument they're the best team, so maybe they should be number one overall. Uh, but for me, I still think that Kansas resume... It's just too many quality victories. It's not just that they have quality wins. It's the volume of the quality wins. So I think there's a certain accumulation level where you just can't ignore the resume
2: anymore. Of those three teams heading into conference tournament week for those three teams, I guess which of those three do you think controls their destiny the most in terms of if they win their conference tournament or how convincingly they win their conference tournament would have them making the case for the number one overall seat.
1: It's got to be Kansas, uh, mainly because they have the toughest path to win their tournament. Uh, They're going to get either West Virginia or Texas Tech. Then they're getting getting either Baylor or Iowa State, assuming they they advance to the semifinal. And in the final, whoever you play there, you know, is going to be a quality team. So that's probably going to be three quadrant one games. And at that point of the season, it's really not even about what quadrant your opponents fall into. It's just about what does it mean? To be a Big 12 outright regular season champion and the Big 12 tournament champion, if the Big 12 is as good as everybody thinks it is, that's got to mean a whole lot.
0: What happens if Kansas loses in the Big 12 quarterfinals or semifinals? What do you think would be the most likely outcome for uh, what one seed they would get at that point?
1: I think at that point you're probably uh, really dependent on what happens with Alabama and Houston. Uh but I do believe it's safe to think Houston is going to win the aAC tournament, so at that point i'm guessing Houston would actually be seated above the jayhawks uh so you know can't guarantee that I would certainly uh think there would be committee members in the room that would still argue for Kansas at at that point, but I think you're looking at Alabama. Uh, depending on what they do, being either number two or number three, and probably Houston, uh, number one overall. Uh, but again, it, it really depends on what Alabama uh, would do in that scenario, too, because if they were to win the SEC tournament with that road win at Houston, uh, I think they could potentially be number one overall. Uh, but I think the Big 12 tournament truly matters for the Jayhawks this year uh, because it's so close amongst Houston, Alabama, and Kansas for who's one overall.
0: So let's say that the Kansas does end up behind Houston as far as the one seeds, because right now you have Kansas in the Midwest because that would be their choice. And I forget the the exact uh, procedure for the NCAA. I know they they added the rule or changed the rule, whatever you want to call it. After uh, I think it was the twenty sixteen NCAA tournament when Kansas got put in. Uh, Maybe it was the Midwest and they wanted to be in in the South or or something like that. And they, they added a rule where I think if you're the number one overall seed, you get to choose where you are. I don't I don't know if that's the case for the rest of the one seeds, but uh, what would happen to Kansas? Would they put them if they were the second one seed, just behind Houston, but ahead of Alabama and whoever the fourth is, would they put them wherever is closest mileage wise? Would they let them choose? How would that work?
1: Great question. And it is about the committee's process. And so the overall number one seat, as you mentioned, gets to choose not just what region they want to be in, but also what pod they want. And you're right. That all comes from the 2016 NCAA tournament when Kansas would have preferred to go to Chicago in the Midwest region. But the NCAA committee said, well, you're you're slightly closer to Louisville. So we're going to ship you there. Uh, so I think uh, Kansas obviously was not happy about that and that caused a rule change, but that only applies to the number one overall seat of the tournament. Nobody else gets to choose their location. So where this comes into play for the Jayhawks, if Houston happens to be uh, number one overall, uh, they will get to choose where they want to play. Now that brings up an interesting question by mileage. Houston is closer to Kansas City. So if Houston's number two and Kansas is number three, Houston's headed to Kansas City. But what if Houston doesn't want to play in Kansas City? What if they want to go to Las Vegas instead? Uh, There's some speculation out there that perhaps Houston will want to go to Las Vegas if they're number one overall because it could be an easier flight for their fans to go from Houston over to Las Vegas, and let's be honest, Las Vegas is a lot of fun. I think some <laughs> Houston fans would just want to do that. So uh, there's some real speculation that if Houston gets overall number one, perhaps the Jayhawks would still be headed to Kansas City.
0: That's that's super interesting um, with how that all works. Then, so do they? Uh, if if let's say the the four one seeds hypothetically uh, featured, I don't know UCLA as the fourth one seed with with Alabama, Kansas and uh and Houston in there and even if Kansas was the second one seed let's say Houston did pick the Midwest would they try to put UCLA in the west even though like even if i don't know Kansas was for whatever reason closer than than Alabama or something or Uh, like how does that process work do they just try to go put the one seeds in whichever closest regions they are after the number one overall or do they go in order where they go okay now we'll go to number two overall whichever's closest to them now number three and like you could end up with ucla in the east and kansas in the west or something
1: well you're exactly right they go by overall seed order so in this particular scenario you described if houston was number one overall and did choose to go to kansas city uh alabama would then head to the south region if they were the number two overall kansas would head to the east region if they were the number three overall and then ucla would get the west region because it's just about mileage um alternatively if kansas was the two overall and alabama was the three overall kansas would head to the south region in louisville and alabama would be heading to new york but ucla would naturally end up in the West if Houston isn't there. uh, Not because the committee wants to give them an advantage over the three teams above them. It's just because the other three teams are further away.
0: We're talking with Graham Doran does great bracketology work here on rock chalk sports talk Uh, elsewhere around the big 12. We saw the maybe biggest bubble game with Oklahoma state taking down Texas tech at uh, in, in Lubbock on Saturday I would imagine that that makes it so that for Tech and Oklahoma. They're the only two schools in the Big 12 that don't have a chance at at an at-large bid and would have to win the Big 12 tournament. Uh, Is that kind of the ceiling now for the Big 12 that, that eight of them will make it, and is it looking good that eight of them will make it after Oklahoma State and West Virginia won over the
1: weekend? I think, uh, honestly, I'm not sold that Oklahoma and Texas Tech are completely eliminated from at-large contention. I think it's very, very unlikely, but if you're Texas Tech and you take down West Virginia, Kansas, Baylor, I mean, even if you lose in the Big 12 tournament championship, that's a heck of a three games to add to your resume. Oklahoma already has six Quadrant One wins. What if they take down Oklahoma State, Texas, K-State, I actually don't think those teams are completely out of it, Um, but it would take a lot to even reach the championship game. So um, definitely uh, very unlikely that that would happen. Uh, But for Oklahoma State, they are the one team of the top eight in the Big 12 that really can't feel all that good about their chances. I think they're right on the cut line right now. I could see the committee having them in. I could see the committee having them out. I have them just out of the tournament right now. And the reason why is because they didn't, do quality work outside of Big 12 play uh, they were certainly pretty good in the Big 12 but what they have a problem with in Big 12 play is the teams that they beat to get that 8-10 and record they did sweep Iowa State really good but then you look at the rest of their wins they beat West Virginia at home they beat TCU at home They didn't go on the road to beat any other quality Big 12 teams. Their only two road wins besides Iowa State are at Texas Tech and at Oklahoma. They lost both games to Kansas. They lost both games to Texas, both games to Baylor if you look at uh, in both games of Texas tech, if you just look at who they beat to get the eight and 10, they didn't beat the best teams in the big 12 and the committee loves elite victories. It is better to lose to bad teams and beat elite teams than it is to beat bad teams and lose to the elite teams. And that's Oklahoma state's problem. That's why they're very close to being in the field. But if they beat Oklahoma in their first game, it is going to be super close. If they lose to Oklahoma, I don't think it's going to happen for the Cowboys. I think they will miss out on the tournament. If they win two games, they can lock up a bid.
0: What are some of the, the other biggest games outside of the Big 12? What are some of the other biggest games around the country this week as, as far as the bubble goes?
1: The Big Ten is super ish this year. They have uh, just three different games uh, occurring early in the Big Ten tournament that are going to have an outsized impact on who ends up making the NCAA tournament. You've got Rutgers going up head to head against Michigan on Thursday. Wisconsin battles Ohio State. That in itself would be a quadrant two victory. So so we're something, and then they could clinch a bid if they were to beat Iowa. Penn State battles Illinois. I think Penn State beating Illinois would be enough to get them into the tournament. So you just look at the Big Ten. They have all sorts of bubble games uh, on that Thursday and even one on Wednesday with Wisconsin and Ohio State. Uh, The other tournament I direct your attention to is the Mountain West because Utah State and Nevada are two of my final four teams in the field. I don't think the Mountain West is going to get four teams, but they currently have San Diego State. Boise State, Utah State, and Nevada all in the field, I think it's unlikely four make it. I think we're probably looking at three.
0: Uh, is is there any of the others, I, I know I asked you about this last week too, but a- any of the smaller conference tournaments that, that have a chance of, of getting a, a second bid in there if maybe the team who won the regular season of the conference gets ousted?
1: Yeah, just like you mentioned last week, it's Conference USA that I'm looking at. Uh, I have now Florida Atlantic up to 33rd overall in the country. That puts them as my number one nine seed so they are comfortably in the field i think florida atlantic can afford to lose any game in the conference usa tournament and still make the field uh right now they're looking at uh, potentially a western kentucky or utep game in the quarterfinals uh, but on the opposite side of the bracket you have uab and north texas two very good teams I think either of them uh, are likely candidates to to upset FAU if it reaches the final. So I think Florida Atlantic and Conference USA is where you could potentially see a bid stealer, and that, of course, would be bad news for teams like Oklahoma State.
0: And when we look at the the fourth one seed, because there there has been so much time spent about you know Alabama, Houston, or Kansas for number one overall. Uh, I, I know you have kind of teetered back and forth here over the, the last day or so with Purdue and UCLA in and, and kind of that, that fourth one-seed spot. I don't know how much the Jalen Clark injury kind of affects things here, but what teams even have a chance? What teams are competing for that one seed that still have a possibility of getting there?
1: I think we're down to three. I think if we're looking at Purdue, who I have fourth overall – UCLA, who I have fifth overall, and then Texas. I do think the Longhorns still have an outside shot of getting that number one seed, and the reason is really pretty simple. They have won a lot of quality games. Longhorns have victories over Kansas, Gonzaga, Baylor, Creighton, Kansas State on the road, West Virginia on the road, Iowa State, TCU at Oklahoma State. The Longhorns have racked up a ton of quality wins Six wins in the first quadrant. They're sixth in KPI, sixth in strength of record. If they were to make the Big 12 final and beat the Jayhawks or even, say, uh, a team like Baylor, I think they have to have serious consideration for the one line.
0: He is Graham Doran. You can uh, check out all of his work through his Twitter and uh, through his Bracketology site, at Graham Doran and GrahamDoranBracketology.wordpress.com. Is there anything else you want to plug or or talk about as we head into... Uh, the crazy time of year, I'd imagine, for you.
1: Uh, not Nothing I want to plug. I just want to thank everybody for uh, le- listening to me over these past few weeks. It's great to provide bracketology Ecology updates, so thank you, Derek, and thank you, Nick.
0: Absolutely. We love having you on, and I don't know. Maybe maybe if you're available, we can, we can have you on next week and, and talk about maybe some of the uh, biggest surprises of, of the tournament or anything like that if, if you'd want. But uh, appreciate you coming on these past few weeks and, and giving us a scoop on everything that's going on with the bracketology side of things. And uh, yeah, like I said, good luck this weekend.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you. All
0: uh, right. That's Graham Doran, grahamdoranbracketology.wordpress.com with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Two hours down, one to go. More KU basketball talk next. This is RCST. Five o'clock hour here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk with KLWN. Nick Springer with Derek Johnson here as we get to our five o'clock hour. we got some uh, Bill Self audio, some Jalen Wilson, Kevin Kohler audio from after the game that we'll share for you in our next segment. Um, So I I wanted to kind of reach back around to the KU basketball game against Texas. Okay. And I, I want to start doing this after uh, KU basketball games. I I think it's uh, a good exercise to do to both look at, you know, things on both sides. Okay. Biggest positive and biggest negative of the game. Which would you like to start out with? Um, you want to get the bad news out well, of the way or Yeah, the I'm trying news? to
2: decide because, you know, I'm a positive guy, so yeah. I have positivity, but I don't want to start with positive first and then end the segment on a negative note.
0: Okay. Well, then, I think we should start with the negative. Okay. What is the biggest negative for you from the game? This could just be – it could be general or it could be okay. specific. You know, it could be generally – Biggest negative, they lost. Generally, they suck. No, right, no, 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 no. Uh, Or it could be, you know, something small like I don't know, Grady Dick struggling. That was the my bench
2: that not was, being good. That was going to be what my offering of biggest negative was, which was talked about in the open too of of Grady Dick just refusing to shoot. I mean, Texas was was sprinting guys at him and trying to run him off the three point line, and it worked. It worked very very well. Uh, but I I just I mean, dude. You've got a quick release. You've got a high release. You've got to be looking to shoot every time you touch the ball. Whether there's a guy in your face or whether you've – no matter what the situation is, is, you've got to be looking to shoot. That's the mentality that I think Grady Dick needs to have for Kansas to be at their most successful. So that was my biggest negative was he was just too timid, too timid from the three-point line. And there's been games where he has been that way, and you hope that he can sort of shake that off and become a, a confident player heading into conference play or conference tournament play. And into the NCAA tournament because he's a guy they need to be shooting with confidence. And that was the biggest negative was, especially in the first half, there was times where he wasn't open-open, but he got the ball with a chance to shoot and and wasn't doing it. Right. And he he needs to be a shoot-first type of guy, I think. Well, because partially contested or like – Sort of open. But what's the scouting? What, what's the scouting report on Grady Dick? Yeah. Oh, he's six eight and he's got a very very high release and it's like oh it's it's practically
0: unblockable.
2: I yeah. think I think Dick Vitale literally said it, it was unblockable at one point.
0: No, I mean so, sort shoot. of open for Grady Dick is a better shot than wide open for like <laughs> Kevin McCuller or I don't know. Sometimes even Jalen Wilson. Like <laughs> him being partially open is yes. like the best three point shot you're gonna get in a possession. Yes. it just is. So, yeah, that, that is a little concerning to me. I, I wonder if he's hitting that freshman wall that we always hear about. It's a cliche thing to talk about. But we have seen other games where he's had down games. It's just this is as down as it's been and its back-to-back games. Did you hit a freshman wall your freshman year? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. Really? I think that's a little Did... bit different. No, no,
2: no. no. Okay, you okay. can easily hit a freshman wall with, like, classes, you know, if you struggle or whatever.
0: Like, you Did just, you? You just powered through. No, not really. I so you honestly, did it a freshman ball then. So I'm not even ask. joking. There were times where I remembered my high school being more difficult than some of my college curriculum. Really? Yeah, and it's not like a knock against just in terms of like the rigors. I can understand that. Well, like I mean, I I took the a, intensity. I took it. a billion AP classes in high school, so it's not like I was yeah. just whatever. But like it's you I, know, and I do think there's something to be said that the 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 intensity, harder to do calculus than you know take a journalism class. The no offense,
2: intensity but, level of some high school teachers and high school classes compared to college right. professors.
0: Like in, in college, it's basically just it's, like, it's more like do bad. whatever you can to study the material and know the material. In in high school it's like, no, we're gonna teach you the tools to know how to study. So you have to take eight pages of notes on this one chapter. Like I'm serious. I would have I would have history classes in, in high school where w- they would require you to take four pages of notes front and back for each chapter we would See, do. And I like was... A,
2: it was just busy work, so it was
0: annoying. I was I, never I
2: a good note taker. Like I always, I actually did better when I didn't take notes. I swear to God. Yeah, I swear. Some people are like that. I swear.
0: I
1: I, I, would I think do it was just
0: always like if you know the material, you know the material. Like why does it matter if I? But nonetheless, we you know. Okay, so you didn't you didn't hit a freshman taking a, a, a side term here. Um, <laughs> he he could be. I I I've, I mentioned this when Jalen kind of went through struggles. Now he obviously had a really good game, and I, I think back to back games where Jalen is is kind of back to normal after his little yeah. slump, where you wonder if it's a maybe even a, uh, I don't know, fatigue type of thing because of the fact that the starters have been asked to play so many minutes. I don't minutes. know,
2: dude. I'm starting to think that this whole fatigue thing is overblown and that it's not going to matter at all. Like, I've gone back and forth on it. Like early, I'm back just in trying like, to
0: figure out why this is happening.
2: Back in, like, January, I was like, oh, you know, they're going to play a tough Big 12 schedule <laughs> so they might be fatigued. Yeah. And now I'm thinking, dude, what an idiot. Like, why? what? No, that's not, no. That doesn't matter. So I don't even know what to think now okay I feel like it's I, I I'm like I said I'm starting to think that the whole fatigue stuff is overblown but I don't know maybe I
0: don't know it might be it might not you know i I think it's it's like it makes sense to me that in the case of like Jalen Wilson he had to carry the guys for so long and then he hit a bit of a wall there at the end um but it also would make sense to me that it's not the case it would make sense you to me even that
2: said what's your biggest negative is
0: yeah, I'll get there in a second. It, okay. it makes sense to me that like Grady Dick would hit it because it is a freshman year. And so maybe the fatigue, you're, you're not used to this level of play. Okay. It also would make sense that, hey, he's an 18, 19-year-old kid. like He's going to be just fine. And that um, this is just the rigors of a very difficult Big 12 and playing teams a second time to where yeah. they have better scouting report and yeah. yada, yada, yada. So I, I, I don't really know, to be honest, but I, I do agree. Now, that, the first time they played
2: Texas, Grady didn't even shoot a three.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. So, okay, my biggest negative, um, honestly, for me, it probably is the bench.
2: Just uh, stacking another bad game on top of another bad game, basically.
0: Yeah. Because, like, a lot of the negatives that happened in the game, Dwan Harris went two for 12. He was probably overly aggressive shooting the ball, but also, like, he got stuck with the ball in his hands at the end of a lot of shot clocks and it was like somebody has to shoot it and you'd prefer him being aggressive than not being aggressive, right? Yes. With Grady, we've seen other games where he scored eight or nine points and then bounced back with 20 the next game, even though this is back-to-back games. That is a worry for me, but you already took that one anyway. Um, I know they had a bad two-point shooting game, but like they were really good the first time they played them. And overall, they've been pretty good at that. So, uh, yeah, I think for me it is the bench. Uh, You you continue to get nothing from the bench. And I I will admit that was a little bit different of a bench game than other games because – I think you did see the effect of hey, KU's clinched the Big 12 outright. To when KU was down, you know, 12, 15 points, it was like, hey, let's let's give Zach Clements some ride. Let's give Zuby Edge for some ride. Who haven't been in the rotation here lately, just to be like, hey, maybe it's a good experience for them, or, or maybe we'll 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 see something that we didn't know was there. So it was a little different than maybe your normal rotation and and what you're kind of used to at this point in time. But that was my biggest, my the bench played all right. combined all the players who came off the bench, 33 minutes in the game, and they gave you nothing. Alright, the positives. Let's get to the positives. Okay, come on. Positives. Power positivity. Let's go. You wanna go first? No, you go first. Okay. I went first for negative. <laughs> okay. Uh positivity. I, I kinda wanna take the Jalen Wilson. Like, is he back? Yeah. Is Jalen Wilson back? Uh I, I think you could also go with like the fact that KU didn't have a ton of turnovers. They did a good job on, on the rebounding battle. Uh, that actually was KU's best defensive rebounding game of the season by defensive rebound percentage. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, I, I will go with Jalen Wilson kind of being back. So uh in the Texas Tech game, he you know, it wasn't like super high efficiency, but he scored 21 points. And against Texas, he had 23 points and 10 rebounds. Again, not super high efficiency, high 30%. He'd like to get that into the uh, mid-40s more likely, or at least like the low 40s, which is kind of what he's been at this year. But the best part about Jalen for you this year is that he's been a grinder. And when you always haven't had guys be able to score for you in the half court or in late shot clock situations, he's been the consistent there. And from that stretch of like basically from the first Texas game through the West Virginia game outside of the second half against Baylor, and maybe, I guess, against Oklahoma, which was the game you just blew out regardless. That wasn't really the case anymore. And, and it looks like you're getting back to that point where you're like, okay, this guy looks like the Big 12 player of the year. My biggest positives
2: for this game is when you think about, and even we've talked about this, obviously, many times, of earlier in the season when Kansas, like on the three-game losing streak, for instance, we would immediately jump to, Oh, look at the turnovers. Oh, look at the rebounding. They really struggled there. They really, you know, a lot of turnovers. That's why they lost the game. That wasn't the case against Texas. They didn't turn the ball over. They I think they had 11 turnovers in the game. Texas had 8. And as you said, it was a great it actually was a great rebounding game for Kansas. Right? So the things that they normally would do or wouldn't do or would do poorly that had made them lose some games, they actually did well against Texas which I think gives you some hope for, okay, well, then the other stuff, the things that they struggled with against Texas are things that are going to be fixable and they'll be fine. And the things that they normally are normally the result of them losing, they did well. So if they keep doing well in those areas, like if you don't turn the ball over and you rebound the ball pretty well, you're probably going to win more games than you're going to lose, especially when it comes to the NCAA tournament, right? Like if you don't turn the ball over and you rebound the ball well in the NCAA tournament, you're probably winning the game unless you have a really really bad offensive game which is what happened against Texas but those are the positives for me is when is I've've I've spent a lot of my time just looking for correlation among losses that that Kansas has had this season and turnovers and or rebounding was the big one It didn't happen against Texas and I think that gives me a little bit of confidence that okay, the stuff that did happen that the reason that you lost against Texas those are things that you've shown have been more of your strengths throughout the season, and the things that you maybe have had more of like a quote-unquote weakness in, you actually did pretty well in. So, therefore, that gives me confidence. That's fair.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, it, it was really a game that Texas played very well. Exactly. I, I it was know a we game talked. that
2: to... Texas played maybe their best defensive game of the season.
0: Yeah. They
2: shot the ball very well in the second half. Kansas, conversely, did not shoot the ball very well. But they, like I said, they didn't turn the ball over. They didn't have any trouble with rebounding. It was just a game where, you know, Texas was hitting more shots and was more aggressive. The the, the, the difference in energy level was pretty noticeable. But, again, Texas was at home on senior day. So, yeah, I, I, I think uh, I think this is a game against Texas that you can sort of sweep under, assuming you don't follow it up with another game where you struggle.
0: That was Texas' fourth best among Big Twelve games defensive efficiency game. For KU's offense, it was their fourth worst of any game, not just the Big Twelve. Although three of them are in the Big Twelve, the other one's Tennessee. Uh, as far as offensive efficiency, and it's funny because yeah, you switch it to the first game, it was KU's seventh best offensive game. I mean, just night and day between the two games. Yeah, the, shot, the big difference they shot was the 10% two percent
2: worse from the from the floor. Yeah, I think.
0: they shot so. so you're looking at, in the first game, Kansas shot 55% from two. In the second game, they shot 39%. First game, they were only two of 10 from three. The second game, seven of 22, which was 32%. But it was that that two-point rate was, was kind of the big difference there. That was the one thing. Like, Texas just did a better job of, of kind of sealing off the middle and yeah. KU yeah. wasn't converting around like a, the rim.
2: Yeah, like I said earlier, it felt like for Kansas, every time they were able to score a bucket, it took like some sort of miraculous incredible effort of strength to score, and when Texas was scoring, it, it felt much, much easier, and that was that was a concerning sign, but again, I, I don't think that's something that's going to replicate itself, or I hope it doesn't, I guess, but I, I, don't, I don't get the sense that it will uh, once you get to the NCAA tournament, so that's why I think I'm more focused on the positive of, hey, these are some things that have been stuff that's tripped you up in other games you've lost, but you did a good job in this game against Texas.
0: He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Let's get to some Bill Self and Jalen Wilson, Kevin McCuller audio coming up in our next segment here on KLWN. Depend on it.
2: Thanks for listening to the Best of RCST podcast. And a reminder, you can catch our show Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 live on KLWN in Lawrence, 101.7 FM, 1320 AM, or anywhere you're online at klwn.com or the KLWN app. Thanks for listening.